Uh, we're talking about olive oil today, extra virgin olive oil, and how you use it. And especially, we're trying to keep the focus plant forward um, for this project. So you told me in an email that you're planting your own olive trees now, and uh, as you did in the past, you plan to make your own olive oil. Why is that important to you? I know it's a big effort, a big expense, and a long-term project. So why are you doing that? Yeah, uh, t- um, our original farm, which is a five-acre farm that my wife ran, which is the original single-thread farms that we actually leased. It was part of a 180-acre vineyard parcel. We inherited their 100 olive trees. So we started making our olive oil from a variety of different olives that were just already um, on the property. So for the first few years at Single Thread, we actually made our own olive oil uh, and used it. And pretty much what we made in the December got us through a good portion of the year. Um, and we uh, split that with uh, with the winemaker and, and the vineyards that, that, that were there. And so we bought a 24-acre farm um, in the at the end of uh, 2021. And we're now in the process of really developing that farm. And um, so a big part of that is to add olive trees to that to continue to do our own olive production. I mean, we live in Sonoma County. We have stone mills and hammer mills all around us. In fact, less than a three-minute drive from us is um, is a mill um, that we can use. So it's pretty typical up here in wine country for a lot of winery properties and other farms to to, to make their own olive oil. And it also gives us the opportunity to create something um, with a flavor profile um, that we're really looking for. Um, and it's another way for us to do it ourselves. I mean, a big part of what we do here at Single Thread is, is we grow, um, we do support a lot of other farms, but we grow 70% or more of our own produce and floral. And uh, so an olive oil is just an extension of that. How important would you say it is to the quality or the flavor or the uh, of what you're of what you're preparing yeah i mean quality uh, obviously is incredibly important the one thing about creating our own olive oil is, is we do have the ability to maintain quality and we and like that provenance as well that we know how it's been stored at all times throughout the process so we're able to really um, you know control the quality um, it is a high cost in there of, of, of maintaining and harvesting and milling. Um, but, uh, we're also able to, you know, to also have the benefit of the bulk, um, production and we can cut down on packaging and glass because we don't need to buy so much uh, packaging, which is really um, important to us as well as a way to reduce, um, packaging. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, we can really create a flavor profile, um, that we're, that we're interested in that works in particular for our cuisine. So, you know, flavor and quality is so important by really looking at the cuisine of a restaurant or a chef, or even down to individual dishes, um, you know, because there is such a broad range. I mean, I think sometimes people think maybe good olive oil is good olive oil, but just like good wine, there's a lot of good great wine out there but it does come down to personal preference or what's the right wine for the dish or the meal um it's very often that way and we don't maybe necessarily think of olive oil in those same terms but it's what's the most appropriate for this particular dish yeah uh, i know chefs restaurant owners they understand the need for a diverse wine list and they spend a lot of time choosing what wines to offer how do we get them to pay as much attention to olive oil and to showcase the diversity of styles? 
Yeah, I think we're very used to in restaurants and with chefs and uh, and just in food people in general to really thinking about the depth and breadth of wine that is out there in, in choosing and selecting the right wines for our taste preferences, as well as what's going to go most appropriately with the dish or a meal. And how could we be looking at that a little bit more, you know, for, uh, for olive oil. And that's really about people becoming more educated about individual oils and what they, um, you know, what they mean and, and what they mean to a cuisine or, uh, or to, to a dish and what the profile is. So, you know, money or price is not the only guiding factor to say, well, this is a more expensive olive oil, therefore a better, um, olive oil, just like with wine, right? There is great wine at all different price points. It all comes down to, um, what it is that you're looking for. So, you know, understanding the different, you know, regions, some flavors that may come inherently with those, uh, with those regions, um, flavors that come in inherently with the variety, uh, you know, of, uh, of olives and then in the in the style of the olive oil made and you can make direct translations on all of those things i just said you know to wine we're used to region varietal uh in, in method and so it's really about becoming a little bit more educated as how those same things pertain to, uh, to olive oil can you give some examples uh preferably plant forward ones of how you think about matching oils to a dish yeah, we really think about matching oils with the dish by looking at what sort of profile we want. Do we want something very peppery and spicy and forward and you're getting a little bite, a little bit of astringency? And maybe because the dish that we have is has elements that are a little bit more soft um, or and do not, and we're looking for the um for the olive oil to bring in that pepperiness or that bite. Um, you know, or do we have flavors that are really, you know, maybe have a little bit more bitterness to them, you know, a little bit more bitter greens. Or if you think about a salad with chicories where you're already getting a lot of that, you know, or arugula, you're getting a lot of that pepperiness. Do we need to further enhance that with olive oil or can we bring in something more floral and fruity? So, you know, that's how we're sort of looking at, you know, the, these types of dishes and, and also temperature i think plays a big role it's like is this a um you know a salad that we're addressing if so what are those greens like i said or uh, is there fruit in the salad are there is there something more tomato in this uh in the salad what types of flavors across the spectrum of sweet sour salty bitter umami are we trying to support uh in there and enhance and in doing that in a cold, or more raw way. And now on the other end of the spectrum, are we cooking in the olive oil? If, are we actually cooking and sauteing in that? Are we drizzling that onto something warm where you're gonna get the air, more aromatic qualities? That's very typical for us, um, you know, to finish vegetable, uh, you know, dishes with olive oil on the top where you're getting it sort of like perfumed into the, into the, the steam and the overall sort of aromatic quality, you know, of the dish. Or are we actually going so far as to say like we are kind of frying in this oil and we're going to, you know, we're going to be more deep saute and you're going to be picking up 
those flavors, uh, you know, into the vegetables of that or grilling and what, you know, what flavors are going to, you know, come through there, you know, or something that's, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more sort of, you know, ambiguous about making something that's like an emulsion, like an aioli or something like that. What sort of profile do we want that, you know, to come across? What's the strength and the characteristic of the olive oil? Is it as uh, simple as saying that if you're going for more robust flavors in a dish, say you're grilling your vegetables, would you want a more pungent oil for that? If you're doing the, the salad with the fruit, would you want a fruitier olive oil? I think the characteristics present themselves the most in these types of situations where we have something cold and dressed in a sort of salad type application or a, um, you know, a, a, a sauce that may be dressed in there where olive oil and herbs, which is very typical for us is to combine, you know, sauces that are very olive oil heavy, with, um, you know, with different herbs and, um, you know, and spices to them, you know, or to the other end of the spectrum where we may be doing a very, very high temperature cooking where it's more of a shallow fry, more of a saute, where you need to look for characteristics in the olive oil that are going to support these higher temperatures of cooking. So if you're using something that's very, very delicate and fruity, you, you're probably going to be losing a lot of those amazing aromatic qualities. And, and so you might be you know looking for something that is maybe a little bit more neutral um, in that case. We are often incorporating olive oil into dishes too that are warm dishes finished with olive oil, um, especially at our more plant-based restaurant or our completely plant-based restaurant, which, uh, which is called Little Saint. A lot of those dishes, um, and a big part of that is because we're not we're not using animal fats and you're not getting richness of butter or, you know, natural inherent duck fat or, you know, marbling of things. So a lot of what we're doing is not only supporting sort of aromatic flavor profiles by drizzling olive oil onto warm dishes, um, but, uh, but also uh, in terms of mouthfeel and, uh, and, 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 and the sort of overall fat of the dish, because we're dealing with all plant-based, uh, uh, you know, things, you know, we, we want to bring in richness that would be there maybe in more sort of savory meaty dishes. Talk a little bit more about the additional role that olive oil plays when you're cooking entirely with plants. Yeah, well, when you're cooking entirely plant-based um, uh, menus, as we are all the time at Little Sink, because we are a completely plant-based uh, restaurant there, and oftentimes a single thread because in our menu, well, first of all, about 10 to 15% of our guests are vegetarian or vegan. So we're doing 10 course vegetarian and vegan meals. And also we're doing completely plant-based dishes within our regular omnivore menu as well. So we're thinking about that, you know, quite, quite a bit. Um, so, you know, flavor is a big part of where the olive oil is, you know, plays a role, but I think it's important also to really, you know, to talk about the role that just the, the fat it's, you know, itself is playing. So, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, cooking meat and seafood dishes, you have a lot of inherent fat that is coming with that. So, you know, from the skin of a duck breast, you know, from the marbling in the steak and what, you know, what, whatever it may be, or just the richness of a of fish like black cod or, um, you know, tuna belly, right. We, you have a lot of inherent sort of fat and richness. So, you know, not, while there are some fats present in, in plant form, oftentimes when you were thinking about the profile of the dish, not just from the flavor standpoint, but also from the textural standpoint and how fat 
carries aromatic, uh, you know, flavor. So the solubility of flavor, um, you know, within, uh, within fat, but from a textural point of view, from a, a, you know, a mouthfeel, you know, when we are trying to lead people into a more plant-based diet, you know, a big part of what they may be craving in terms of, um, you know, where meat historically would have been, or animal protein would have historically been. So much of that is a textural experience. And, and a lot of what makes up that textural experience is like how the fat expresses in there. So olive oil for us is such a tool in doing that where you are getting a depth of flavor that is coming with the the, the mouthfeel and the coating and the textural um, elements of the fat. So, you know, neutral, you know, neutral fats, where we, we use a lot of grapeseed oil, as well but that's really like the medium you know for 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 cooking or solely just to give you you know sort of um you know mouthfeel in a particular dish is not really bringing anything to the party you know flavor wise sesame oil because we have more um uh, sort of japanese based you know flavor profile is uh also a fantastic tool that we use all the time but is very very specific and will through a spectrum of different sesame oils will give you a very, very specific, um, you know, sort of flavor profile that can in sort of inherently begin to take over, you know, the flavors of the dish. What is great about olive oils is sort of the best of both worlds where there is an sort of inherent neutrality, you know, to it, but there's an sort of incredible viscosity um, to, and it's bringing, uh, flavor in a way that tends to be supportive um, of other flavors sort of across the board where some other flavor, you know, oils like sesame oil or avocado oil or some of these things are, you know, are not, they're very, very specific. Do you use olive oil in the pastry kitchen on the sweet side? So yes. anything to say about the different style where, you know, how you choose what style of olive oil you're going to use in pastry applications. Yeah, the uh, olive oil plays a really strong role in our pastry kitchen as well as it does into our our savory cuisine. Um, we are really big fans of you know things going from the sort of top of the presenting it in the most sort of like forward way, which would be something like an olive oil ice cream, olive oil sorbet, you know, types of things. Um, uh, we also do a lot of olive oil based cakes. I love the way that olive oil expresses itself into something that's more of a cake base. And I like to remove, you know, animal fats such as butter. And I think olive oil sort of like expresses in a, um, in a way that's just much more um, flavorful and has a much more clean uh, sort of like mouthfeel to it. And it sort of, um, for me, alleviates a little bit of the perception of heaviness. And so there's a sort of more of a lightness that comes um, with that. And I work for chefs early on in my career, most notably Suzanne Goyen, who was, the olive oil cake was a big part of the pastry, uh, you know, uh, uh, pro program that she had at Luke and AOC when I worked for her in the late nineties. Um, and I really kind of fell in love with that and have just been exploring it ever since this idea of olive oil, um, in desserts. But so that's kind of like the heavier end of the spectrum and on the more lighter end of the spectrum, we actually drizzle a lot of um, olive oil into our desserts. Our desserts at Single Thread and, and at Little Saint, we tend not to play up the sweet, sweet, ultra sweet desserts. We don't, we're not seeing sort of chocolatey dishes and, and desserts and more rich, these sort of like very, very sweet and decadent 
Um, you know, we are exploring more of where sweet and savory mix. Right now, our main dessert that we have um, uh, is a, a like a frozen carrot marshmallow. That's it's a carrot marshmallow that we make that we turn into um, actually something like a texture like an ice cream. So we we don't have the um, the animal um, fats uh, in that coming from the cream and from um, from from the egg uh, egg yolk. Uh, rather, and so, and that's with a uh, a sort of uh, a, a carrot cake um, you know, of of sorts in a, a sauce that's made from chervil. So, uh, and so that is um, and with smoky carrots. So, you know, here we're sort of like taking a vegetable that people perceive as mostly in savory aspects, but has a lot of natural sugar to it, and we're exploring the sweet side of what a carrot can be, and and that's pretty you know typical. We. Um, we also um, uh, have a, a dessert of tomato and strawberry and black sesame with olive oil um, that also kind of blurs the line between our perception of sweet and savory with the strawberry and the, um, uh, the tomato. So we do a more savory treatment to the strawberry and a more sweet treatment to the uh, tomato. These two um, fruits are actually very, very closely related, more closely related than people sort of realize. Uh, and in particular in their sort of chemical makeup and flavor profile. And we play with that um, idea of sweet and savory. And a big way that we sort of bridge this work, this thing between sweet and savory is olive oil tend, is a tie um, that we all, that we often bring into. So both of those desserts that I just described get sort of drizzled in olive oil. We were recently in, in Japan, um, cooking uh, um, uh, three nights of dinners with a, um, with a restaurant in Japan. Uh, and we were, we brought olive oil with us from California and we were adding that to the dessert. And that was sort of like blowing their mind that, you know, that we were bringing, you know, olive oil into a sweet um, uh, preparation, but it's very, very typical, um, you know, for us. And I think that's, we're a California restaurant. So I think there's something too, that just sort of expresses a certain California sort of feel to it through there. I'll, you know, it's not certainly not limited to California, but I think it's just sort of, it, it does have a tendency to support our overall flavor profile. What, when you talk about these desserts, like the tomato strawberry fruit-based dessert, what style of olive oil works best in that type of dessert versus say the carrot cake or, or the ice cream? Yeah. Um, so I think the style of olive oil for our pastry applications tends to be a lighter, more fruitier style. I think we do shy away from the more sort of peppery or sort of astringency um, um, of the oil um, because that can um, that can sort of bring bitterness uh, maybe where it doesn't um, doesn't necessarily need to be. So in this in the sweet applications, we tend to you know lean to as I said lighter, more sort of fruitier styles. Just a couple of more questions. One has to do with those more bitter, more pungent oils, which a lot of consumers seem to shy away from. They think they don't like pungent oil. What advice do you have for chefs in how to introduce people to these the flavors of these more pungent oils, bitter oils? Yeah, I think maybe for you know for some diners, um, uh, you know, taste or you know, home cooks is like tasting some of the oils that have more pungency to them can be a little bit more you know, spicy. They have that pepperiness that sort of gets you in the back of the throat that kind of, when you take a spoonful of it, kind of, you know, makes you, uh, you know, pause, you know, for a second, but, it, and then maybe think that they should shy away from using those because they're, they're a little bit more strong in nature. But, 
you know, like anything or looking at, you know, wine, it, you know, you, you wouldn't necessarily open up a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon or Syrah, you know, to, to have with a, you know, with a raw uh, fish dish or salad or something that, that, right. So it, but they have their, their place. And so that's really about like understanding the place. Again, I think there's this one size fits all feeling about, you know, olive oil is something that you would just have a single bottle of, and you just sort of use across the board. And certainly olive oil is more flexible than say, you know, uh, you know, wine is of looking at a, a Riesling versus a Cabernet Sauvignon, right? There's a lot of distance between those things where the world of olive oils may be a little bit closer, um, you know, together, but also it's thinking about the context, you know, if you, if you add an olive oil tasting and, and you have, you know, a spoonful or you dip, you know, bread and it soaks it in, you just take that and you say, well, that's too strong. It's not, it, it may be a little bit, seem a little bit strong out of context without anything else, but those flavors specifically can really, you know, highlight and sort of really become beautiful and bring out properties of other um, ingredients. It's just sort of knowing where and when to use them. Any final do's and don'ts for chefs who uh, are interested in exploring this bigger range of uh, olive oil styles? Anything they should or shouldn't do as they as they experiment? I think chefs and home cooks, you know, alike is really um, you know, to, to really use olive oil, I think sometimes people maybe want to use it very, very sparingly. And, and it's actually great to explore using it in a little bit more abundance and to see really the flavors that are, you know, are there and using olive oil through the cooking of a dish and then in the finishing, um, you know, that's, that's something I don't see as much outside of, you know, certain professional cook kitchens is this idea of just the olive oil to finish to where, you may have cooked a dish within within the olive oil. Let's say you're going to drizzle onto vegetables, grill those, and serve, you know, those simply. But it's like after the grilling is just like to to do a little bit a drizzle to finish. So you get the sort of cooked flavors and some of the kind of reactive flavors that happen. We call reactive flavors. So you know, taking something you know, fat plus whatever it is and introducing heat is going to give you flavors that we call reactive, reacting to the heat, reacting to the cooking process, and then actually being able to enjoy a little bit of that sort of straightforward, the more of the perfume and the sort of natural, um, sort of unadulterated, you know, flavor profile that's in, um, you know, the olive oil. So, you know, I, I really, it's sort of advice is to use those that are more like really bring those to, if you're going to do you know, a salad, you're going to do tomatoes, make that very olive oil vinegar and really dress it, you know, with that. So, um, that you can really get the flavor of the olive oil to both on enjoy on its own and sort of enhance. And I think maybe it has a little bit to do with cost or maybe uh, just people wanting to be light-handed on, on the other hand, it's, we don't want to overdress things, but using olive oil to finish, uh, things, especially cooked, um, you know, dishes is such a really pleasurable way. And you get, onto that warm food, you get that sort of aromatic quality that that comes to the table. And that's the sort of multi-sensory aspect of it, this sort of aromatic quality um, that I really, you know, sort of advise. And then really exploring, you know, the olive oils. I know we, uh, it's a little bit daunting. You can go, you know, let's say you're at a good grocer and you're looking across the spectrum of different olive oils and you're seeing 
different locations and different price points and different, very different types of, you know, you know, bottles and cans and things that it's coming on. It can, it's hard to make a decision without a lot of, um, you know, with a lot of knowledge, just like if you didn't have very much knowledge on, on wine and you're looking at a wine shop, right. It can be very, very intimidating to say like, well, what do I do? i see so many prices and so many different things, you know, what, what should I do? And that's really just, a little bit of that is, is having fun with an exploration of let's try this and then let's try that or let's get some things, try it side by side and take the time when you get a new olive oil to open it up, pour some in a dish, taste it uh, on its own. I think oftentimes we just put it on the shelf and then we just use it and we don't actually you know, taste it and develop a sort of sense memory with that particular olive oil and let that guide what our preference are to say, you know what, I like that, but I think maybe it was a little bit too much of this for my taste or this. So let me, next time I'll explore something different and let's compare and, and contrast and really find what you like uh, either in a more broad sense or what you like for individual applications.